Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Hey, well, make some noise if you're excited to be at church today. Come on. I sure am. I am pumped up for today. I am excited because today is a special day. Today is Vision Sunday, and it is a one Sunday out of the year where we take time to share some vision. I can let you know where our church is going, and we're going to share some exciting announcements, some uh, exciting uh, things that are happening, and we're going to get into that in just a second. Uh, before we do, a couple things. One, you might not have had the opportunity to meet me yet because you're a first-time guest, and we are so pumped that you're here. If you are looking for a home church, look no further. We think you found it because you are surrounded by some of the kindest, most loving, most amazing people in Journey Church. So Journey Church, I know we did this once already, but would you help me one more time by putting your hands together and welcoming all of our first time guests. We're so glad that you're here. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm excited. I really am, man. And, and, and for a couple reasons. Vision Sunday is not the only other reason. Another reason why I'm excited is because today we have our Ethiopian missions trip team coming back to Orlando from Ethiopia. Yeah. And I'm not just excited because they're all safe. I'm excited because my wife was on that trip. And she has been gone for eight days. And uh, it has not been good, guys. Um, I'm about ready for her to come back home. Uh, If you're taking uh, notes, uh, last Sunday I wore a T-shirt and a jacket to preach. And today, I'm wearing a t-shirt and a jacket to preach. This is the extent of my wardrobe and fashion ability. And so, uh, not only that, my son ate a granola bar for breakfast. Uh, And we have eaten more at McDonald's and Wendy's this week than we have in the last eight years of our lives combined. Uh, And so, we are ready. I want to give a special shout out to the missions trip team. In particular, I want to give a special shout out to one of the missionaries. Uh, his name, and we have a picture of him on the screen, is Justice Vasquez. And uh, if you're a guest, the light skinny kid with the uh, long hair is my son. And uh, he is on his first missions trip ever. And uh, if you're new to our church, we, uh, the, earlier this year, we uh, sponsored, or last year actually, we sponsored over 20 kids through a ministry called One Child Matters. We've been paying for their education. We've been paying for their food, their school supplies. We've been paying for them for after-school activities while their parents are off at work. And, uh, and we got a chance to go meet the children that we've been sponsoring. So uh, this is uh, Yebsira, and he is Justice's brother. That's my little adopted son, and we're so glad that we get to be with him. And uh, I just want to, I'll get a little emotional when I share this part, because this trip has changed my son's life. Um, the moment he got to Ethiopia, he went to go brush his teeth in the, uh, in the bathroom. And my wife had to let him know that he couldn't because the water in Ethiopia wasn't clean. And so she told him, no, Papa, you can't um, brush your teeth uh, in the sink here. And he said, how come? He said, because the water is, is, is dirty, it's not clean. And so he said, he said, well, I'll just buy one of those things that we have at home that you put on the faucet. 
And then I'll just, I'll just go ahead in the water and we'll, get, we'll, give, we'll give them clean water. And so she had to clarify. She said, no, um, all of the water in Ethiopia isn't, isn't clean. And to that, this was his response, not to, not, to, not to complain. This is what he did. He went over to the corner. I get a little, he went over to the corner of the bathroom and started to pray that God would send clean water to the entire continent of Africa. And here's why I share that. Um, not just to, not to brag on my kid, but A, to brag on Journey Kids, because that's where he learned that. He learned to care for other people through Journey Kids, our kids' ministry. And so uh, if you want to give it up, give it up for Journey Kids. I think we have the best kids' ministry ever in the world. Um, if you have a kid and they're in this room right now, get them out. A, you're interrupting my sermon. B, B, they're going to learn about Jesus. C, you and I both know you need 30 minutes by yourself. So this is for you. Uh, and here's the second reason why I share this story, because I want to thank you. Um, he and the other eight people who are on this trip are only on this trip because of your generosity. And so thank you so much for sending my family, for sending my son, for changing my son's life. I just want to say thank you. Journey Church, would you give it up for yourself for being so generous? So generous. Thank you so much for doing that. As a result, I've been spending quite a bit of time with my other son, Zane. Uh, we have uh, been together this entire eight days, just us. And uh, we have had some fun times, like uh, this past weekend, uh, this weekend, yesterday, uh, we, were, we were in Oregon for a, a youth convention that I was preaching at, over a thousand young people, and uh, he went with me on that trip. We literally got here on the red eye, and so, the airplane. And so, I'm just saying, if I'm pumped to be here, you better be pumped to be here, okay? And so, uh, and, and we had a good time, so that was probably real fun. Um, and then we probably had some not-so-fun times, like um, he's homeschooled. So when we had to do homeschool, but we had to do it at the Journey Church headquarters. And so, in all, in his defense, it was probably my fault. I didn't paint the right picture. I, I didn't set him up for it. I was like, hey, do you want to come to the office and hang out with dad? Uh, which was really, do you want to come sit behind me and do your math homework? And so when we got there and he started doing his, his math homework, I was in a tough spot, you know, because I've got people problems in front of me and arithmetic problems behind me. And uh, he's trying to do it, and I really can't give him all my attention. And so he's frustrated. But he, he's a trooper. He didn't complain one time. He's so good. He's not that kind of kid. He doesn't complain out loud. He, uh, he has this, like, quiet suffering to him, like, like this quiet, whimpering, kind of like Jesus on the cross, you know, like... I'm just doing my job, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm supposed to be here. I'm not, I'm not enjoying it. It's not pleasant, but I'm here. That's like, that's like, that's like, that's like Zane. He's just like, okay, you know, he's going to do this thing. Um, and so he didn't complain one time. But when I saw him in that condition, I tried to help him. I thought his problem was his math problem. And so I began to help him with his math problem by giving, uh, helping him find the solution to his problem. But every time we helped solve a problem, um, there was just another problem. And so, and I could see on his face that the problem wasn't his problems, but there was another problem beside the problems. Are you with me? And so I told them, she said, no, just keep listening. And she said, so, and so, and so I, and so I, I, I realized the problems aren't the problem. And so I said, I, I, that's the, saw, the next time I saw his face kind of downcast, I said, hey, 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 man, hey, buddy, um, I just want you to know um, that if you finish all your work, when you finish all your work, we're going to go straight home. And we go home, we're going to play Lego World, it's a video game, and we're going to unlock all the dragons, and then we're going to watch a movie, and then we're going to eat ice cream for dinner, okay? <laughs> but don't tell your mom, all right? 
and uh, neither, neither do you. Don't tell, don't tell my mom. Uh, I mean, his mom. Uh, don't tell his mom. My mom will probably be disappointed as well. Uh, and so, and when I said that, his countenance just lit up. He just got excited and he was like, oh, cool. Well, in that case, I'm down. I'll get this done. Here's what I, I learned um, that day. Zane didn't need the answer to his problem. Zane needed a reason for doing his problems. Zane needed a purpose. Hear me. Zane needed a vision. And, and his day shifted. The reason why he was upset was because his day began being problem-driven, but somewhere along the day, it shifted from being problem-driven to being purpose-driven. And what I want to help you do today, and the goal of Vision Sunday, hear me, is to shift your life, to switch out the motor and the engine of the thing that drives you from being problem-driven to being purpose-driven. Here's the thing, because if you're problem-driven, it's, 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 it's not going to help you because there's always going to be, I'm just trying to tell you because there's a lie that the enemy's telling you, that you tell yourself, and here's the lie, that if I solve my problem, the solution to my problem will produce peace. If I ain't got no problems, I'll have peace. But can I tell you that that is not the case, that when you solve your problem, you know what that produces? More problems. If you don't believe it, hear me. What's the reward for finishing Algebra 1? <laughs> algebra 2. I'm just saying, I'm just talking to all the single people here today. You're single and you think you have problems. You don't have problems because you're single. You've got single people problems. And when you get married, you assume that by now being married, you will no longer have single people problems. And you're right. But what you fail to realize is you just traded your single people problems for married people problems. All the married people say amen, amen. but not that loud. They're literally sitting next to you. Chill out. Simmer down, okay? I'm just telling you, you think you're, you got problems because you're poor. You don't got problems because you're poor. You've got poor people problems. But guess what happens when you start to make some money? Now you got rich people problems. I'm just talking to the person who can't stand their boss. You know who you are. You hate your boss. You hate your boss so much, you don't even invite them to Jersey Church because you're like, they should go to hell. And that's bad. And that's bad. Don't you do that. Invite them here. And you think you got a boss problem. And so here's what you do. You go, well, I'm just going to start my own business. And I'm going to be the boss. And I'm going to set the schedule. And I'm going to do what I want to do. That's okay. That's cool. And then I won't have employee problems anymore. You're absolutely right. You won't have employee problems anymore. Because when you're the boss, you're nobody's employee. But now you got problem employees. Now you got employees that are the problem. I'm just saying, if you're living up, you can live, you can choose to live a problem-driven life. But, if you, but I would prefer to live a purpose-driven life. Because if you're going to live a problem-driven life, all you're going to do is, is go from problem to problem to problem. And here's the difference. I told you Zane and I caught the red eye. We almost didn't make it to church because there was a, we were taking a flight from Newark to Orlando. And we were supposed to catch the one at the time. And it was a three-hour delay. And not a delay in the terminal. Have you ever gotten delayed on a plane while you're in the plane on the runway? It was a three-hour delay on the runway in a seat that is not big enough for 
a leprechaun, okay, next to my six-year-old who is now strapped in. And, he's, and they don't tell you it's going to be three hours when it happens because you could prepare yourself. No, they're like, we're just filling up the gas tank right now. Now we're waiting for dispatch. Now we're waiting for the moon to align with Mars. This is crazy stuff. And you're just there and you're there and you're there and you're there. And they don't tell you. Well, behind me was a woman. And God bless her husband so much. God bless her husband. Because the moment she got in the plane, I just knew it was going to be. She was just one of those people. She was just complaining. Before the delay even happened, they were on their way to Orlando. And before the delay even happened, they were complaining. She was complaining that her husband didn't reserve the room on the right floor of the hotel. She asked him, what floor did you get? He was like, he was like the third. And she's like, I ain't walking up all those stairs. And he's like, baby, there's an elevator. She's like, I don't like the third floor. She said, you get a room on the second floor right now. And the husband, God bless his soul, he's just like, yes, babe. All right. Like you could tell he's just dead on the inside. You can just tell he's got no fight left in him. And, and that was before the flight got delayed. Once the flight got delayed, oh, my gosh, it was the end of the world. Everything that was. And then once the flight finally went off, once the flight finally took off, she's like, and I bet they're going to land right now. That they're just going to land right there. And I'm just telling you, here's why you can't be problem-driven. Because when you're problem-driven, you'll always find a problem. And you'll find a problem in anything. Even the things that are. You're so messed up. And you, you, you will actually look for problems because you don't have a purpose. And so you find purpose in the problem. You want to take it to the next level? Sometimes your problems aren't even enough for you. So you go out of your way to try and solve other people's problems to find your purpose. I am all up in your nostrils right now. (laughs) Holy Spirit is just dealing with you because you got no purpose. But guess what happens when you're purpose driven? You use your purpose to solve your problem. So I'm in the row in front of her. And I'm realizing we have a delay, but I'm not complaining. A, the complaining is not going to help, okay? But B, I got to preach tomorrow. So I just thought, you know what? I put on my laptop, and I'm like, three hours of sermon prep. Here we go. I give Zane his little Nintendo Switch, and they got the TV going on, and, and I start working on my sermon. And I was so busy working on my sermon, I didn't even think about the delay. Here's what I'm talking about. I couldn't solve my problem, and even if I did, so what? There'd be another one. So here's what I did. I found a purpose that was bigger than my problems. Hey, the delay, the delay was significant, but the only thing that could distract me from the delay was the destination. So I just kept my eyes on the destination and I was able to get distracted from the delay, which is what I love about Vision Sunday, because on Vision Sunday, what I get to do is share with you a destination. I get to share with you a place that we are all going as a church. And this destination is so big, not only corporately, but individually as a church. I believe that it's going to not only solve our problems, because we're going to have problems all the time. So it's not even about solving the problems. It's going to give us a purpose as individuals and as a a church that is bigger than our problems. And so in a moment, you're going to see this video. And I'm praying you're going to receive a vision for your life, not just our church. And in this video, it's going to start off with the story of a young couple here at Journey Church. And you're going to hear their story. And here's why you need to hear their story because that really is the vision it's about the life change that God is doing in, in, in everyone's life uh, and, and the significance uh, of it and so I want you to watch this and then I'll be I'll be back out oh. <laughs> my name is Lewis and I've been at journey now for two and a half years my name is Alejandra and I have also been at journey for two and a half years 
We've been married for seven years, going on eight years. How did you meet? We met at a mutual friend's birthday dinner. She sat next to me. We were just talking and we hit it off. We obviously met and when we met, you know, yeah. we, we dated. And when we dated, uh, we were obviously having sex outside of marriage. About yeah, eight, nine months in, um, she was pregnant. And uh, we knew that obviously we were doing things not the way that God had wanted us to do, which was having a child before marriage, outside of marriage. You know, we wanted to make things right in God's eyes. And we knew that if we wanted our family and our marriage to be blessed, we had to make sure that God was the foundation of our marriage and our family. We knew um, that we needed to make God the foundation of our marriage and of our family and have Him at the center. Although we recognized that we didn't know how to develop that. Where do we go from here? You know, we, we have God at the foundation, but what do we do with, with it? We decided to go to Journey, and that's when we, you know, like Journey was able to help us get yourself around people who are, um, you know, going the same path as you. You know, like finding the purpose, you know, and the purpose being God, you know, being Jesus. And then, you know, finding those people that you can have community with and that you know, have that same purpose that we know that, you know, God is is greater than, you know, our past and our shame and our hurt. You know, I think that when when we recognize that and when we found that, you know, at, in journey, that's when we were able to really fully uh, have our marriage blossom and flourish to where we are today. The most special moment for us as a couple at Journey was getting baptized. Um, we actually got baptized together. Pastor JJ baptized, uh, baptized us in the same pool together. And, um, you know, it was just such a special uh, day. You know, we, we decided that, you know, it was time for us to really surrender our life to God, you know, to give Him every uh, piece of our life, you know, from the best to the worst. And, you know, when we made that decision of getting baptized together, um, you know, we really felt that there was a greater plan for us. That was definitely one of the most special moments that we've had as a couple at Journey. Baptism was, was huge for us because we, we went so long thinking that we had to be perfect to get baptized. We had to wait to that perfect moment to get baptized. And then I remember having a conversation with Patrick and Patrick told us, you know, he just, you don't have to, you don't have to. And we're like, what? Like, for real? Yeah. All right, then let's do it. You know what I mean? Where do we sign up? Like, let's do it. And all, like, although at the moment we didn't understand fully what getting baptized would do, but immediately after, like, there was a shift. There was a shift in our focus for what life really meant. I'm Alejandra. I'm Lewis. I'm Sam. This is the story of our journey. You know, there are few things more powerful than a story about life change, except maybe a story that changes your life.
Maybe that's why for the last 2,000 years, humanity has not been able to get enough of Jesus. Because in his story, we actually find both. The story of an eternal God who gave up heaven and turned down earth and laid aside life doesn't belong to Christ alone. I mean, when you think about it, if you're a Jesus follower, it's become a part of your story too. And man, I wish I could hear your story, how Jesus changed everything, how you found hope, discovered a purpose and permission to live shame-free. Because like I said, there are few things more powerful than a story about life change, except maybe being a part of a story that changes someone else's life. That's why I'm so excited to share with you Journey Church's 2020 vision, Don't Hold Back. Isaiah 54, 2 says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, don't hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. Now, when God says the word tent, He doesn't mean it literally, He's speaking symbolically because tent was an image for family. So in other words, He's saying, make space because this family is about to get a whole lot bigger. I've got some people who need shelter. I've got some people who need hope. I've got some people who need a home. So will you join me in playing a part in this story? If so, don't hold back. You know, I actually like to imagine that those three words were the last words God the Father shared with Jesus as he walked out the front door of heaven. Don't hold back, son. Give it all you got. And boy, am I glad he didn't because in doing so, he prepared a home for you and for me, welcoming us into his family. And now we have the chance to do the same for someone else. So for the next two years, Journey Church is gonna follow the direction of Isaiah 54.2. We're not holding back. And we're gonna do exactly what God asked us to do, lengthen our cords and strengthen our stakes. For a huge portion of biblical history, God's people lived nomadic lives. They lived in tents and were constantly on the move. In fact, when it came to the very first church, it was no different. The tabernacle in the Old Testament was set up and taken down multiple times. And the people, they did it with joy. Their work was their worship. For them, it was never the place that made the space, but the presence of God that filled that space. Still, that wasn't God's ultimate plan for His people. He had a special possession for them, a special city He called them to, a city where they would strengthen their stakes. Put down roots and send a message to its inhabitants. Hey, God lives here, God loves you, and God's love is here to stay. A permanent home. Well, guess what, Journey Church? We've been called to the city beautiful. Orlando is our home, and it's time to put a stake in this ground. So while we love our Winter Park High School family, I want to share with you that Journey Church has officially begun a search for a permanent home. Now, let me answer your next question, which is, where is it? Show us the building. Well, here's the best part, guys. We don't know where, and we also don't know when. But what we do know is that God's asking us to get ready now. And here's why. A few months ago, we found out that there was a church on Aloma Avenue that was for sale. It was a beautiful church, almost 60, 70 years old. It was a church that is over 100 years old in its congregation. And when it went on the market, we were one of the first people to hear about it. And we didn't have the money at the time to put it in offer. And so we waited a couple months to present it to you guys, the church, to let you know about the opportunity. And by the time we can get together all of the necessary paperwork, we found out that a real estate company had come in, bought the property, and plans on actually demolishing Aloma Church to build apartment complexes. And that breaks my heart. And it was that day that I learned that the opportunity of a lifetime must be taken within the lifetime of that opportunity. Well, not again. The next time the Lord opens a door, we're gonna be ready to walk through it. Hi, my name is Zuleika. And my name is Francisco. 
Uh, we've been going to Journey for two and a half years and we live in Haines City, Florida. I am a part of the production team at Journey and I serve on the screens team. And I'm part of the worship team at Journey and I serve as their guitarist and musical director. Sundays are very hard for us. We get up at five in the morning, we load up Francisco's equipment and we have a long drive to Journey Church. But we do it because we love it. Being a mobile church, it just takes a long time to set up. You know, from running all the cables to setting up all the lights, it really takes a lot, but we truly enjoy it. And I'm not like a tech savvy person that knows what to do, but in the process you learn and everybody's just so helpful. As soon as we walked in, everybody was just very welcoming and it felt like home as soon as we walked in. Um, the worship experience was great. Uh, the atmosphere was great. Pastor JJ is always great. So we just fell in love. Yeah, we were greeted with just lots of love. We just felt welcome there. So honestly, if we can give that to everyone else that comes in, I feel like they'll see what the real journey is about. We would love to invite our neighbors to church. For us, journey is worth the drive, even driving from Haines City. Um, like for example, we have friends that would love to attend journey, but even for them, it's a pretty fun drive. Three years ago, we planted Journey Church. And since then, hundreds of people's lives have never been the same. Now imagine doing it again. I'm talking about the same culture, same heart, same message, except this time in your part of the city. Imagine Journey Church serving not just Winter Park, but the people you shop with, work with, and live with. Imagine a 10-minute car ride being the only requirement for the people you care about to connect with Jesus. People who I believe are ready to hear about this hope you have. That is what's got us excited to announce that we are praying and pursuing the possibility of lengthening our cords and launching a second location of Journey Church somewhere near you. Again, we're not sure where or when, but we know God's asking us to get ready now. 2020 vision, don't hold back. And come 2020, we won't. We're going all in. I believe we'll see the expanding of the mission here at Journey Church by putting a stake in the ground with our first permanent home and by lengthening our reach through our second location. Now, let me be real honest with you. This is an impossible dream. But honestly, that means it's the right size dream. It's the right size dream for God to lead and for us to leave a legacy. So if you feel the Lord stirring in your heart to play a part in this story, there are three ways you can get involved. Number one, we would love it if you could be present. Don't Hold Back isn't just the name of our vision. It's actually the name of our next sermon series that you won't want to miss. Every Sunday, we'll be preaching on crazy faith and sharing more information on the future of our community. Secondly, we'd love it if you would pray. Don't Hold Back is a two-year initiative and we're asking each person to pray about what financial commitment they could make and then obey whatever God's asking them to do between now and November 2021. Finally, it would mean the world to us if you would prepare. This series will end on November 17th on what we call Legacy Sunday, and it's gonna be an historic moment in the life of our church, a day that we're gonna talk about for years to come, because on that day, every person who God's call is gonna bring their financial commitments to God. And on that day, it won't just be giving and it won't just be sacrifice. It'll be one of the most beautiful displays of worship and faith you have ever seen. I can't wait to go on this journey with you, church. Thank you for your faith, for your belief and commitment to the vision God's given our community, and for never holding back. Come on, if you believe God can do it. Come on, I said, if you believe God can do it. Here's what I'm gonna ask really quickly, and this is, a, I'm taking a risk. 
because I don't know if there will be anyone, but um, although I think that there might, if you are in this room right now, and, uh, and I want you to raise your hand if, if at Journey Church, you either gave your life to Jesus Christ for the first time, or you rededicated your life to Jesus Christ. I want you to raise your hand right now, if that's you, all over this building. Keep your hand raised. Keep your hand raised. Everybody who's not raising their hand, would you do me a favor, stand on your feet and give it up for them right now, as loud as you can. Come on. Hey. We built this church for you. It's why we did it. It's why we did it. Come on, you can have a seat. I just want you to know that we built this church for you. You're why we do it. Don't hold back. It's not about projects. It's about people. And it's about you. It's about you and God's plan for your life. Not just the vision of our church, but the vision for your life. I love the scripture that we're reading from, that we're using from. And it's, by the way, it's not just a six-week sermon series, although it is. I'm going to tell you more about this. It's actually the beginning of a two-year spiritual journey that we're going on, which is why I'm excited. But I want to share with you the passage. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Now, when you think tent, you probably think of something like this. But this would not be an accurate representation of what a tent would have looked like in biblical times. A tent in biblical times, you wouldn't have had to crawl into. You actually could have stood upright and walked into it. They were very large. So large that they actually some tents actually had apartments. Can you imagine that? Actually different apartments that other people could stay in and live in and, and, and sleep in. And it was big. Yet as big as it was, God's first message is this. It ain't big enough. Here's what verse 2 says right there in the beginning. Enlarge the place of your tent. Here's what I see for the church. And all my points start like this. I see a church that sees past the ceiling. I see a church that sees past the ceiling. I'll tell you what I mean. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 1 through 3 and verse 5. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Someone say vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no kids. I got no kids. Uh, and so a servant in my household will be my heir. Listen, Abram has a problem. But like Zane, his problem is not his problem. His problem is that he don't have a picture. He don't have a vision. He can't see past his problem. How do I know that? Because in the very next verse, verse 5, it says this. He took him outside. I promise it says it. I know it. I memorized it. Verse 5, Genesis 15, 5, right before that. He took him outside. Somebody say outside. Which is important because now you have the context of the conversation. That means the conversation is happening where? The conversation is happening where? In the tent. Because he lived in tents. So he's in the tent. <laughs> and he's having a conversation with God in the tent. And here's what he's saying. He's saying, look, God. I'm so mad. I got no kids. You said I would have kids. I'm 80 years old. Stuff's not working right. They haven't invented that pill yet. <laughs> and I got no kids. My wife is depressed. I've tried everything. 
I've done everything. I did what you told me to do. I left my family. I started this, I started this, this ministry that you told me to start. I went to Egypt, and now I'm just walking around in a tent, Lord. Look, God, look. Look. And here's what's happening. Abram is literally so mad at God because he's hitting his ceiling. Have you ever hit your ceiling? Like, have you ever done everything that you can do, prayed as hard as you could pray, studied as hard as you can hard, invested as much as you can invest, and still not see what you believe God was supposed to show you? Have you ever hit your ceiling? Here's how you know you hit your ceiling. Are you ready? When you settle. Because Abram's in his tent, and here's what he says. He says, you know what, Lord? Just bless, my, just bless Eliezer, my servant. You know why? Because when you're in the tent, you can only see what you're in. And the only one he could see in the tent was Eliezer. So I know you promised me a son, but I'm going to just settle for what I got. That's how you know you're hit your ceiling when you begin to settle. I'm talking to the single mom who's living in her 30s or 40s right now. And let's be honest, you know, you got a kid, you don't got the best job, and there's just not a line of guys around the block looking to take you and your family on. And right now, you feel like God made you a promise, but you're getting ready to settle. You're like, well, you know, there's this guy, you know, and he's kind of cool, and you know, he don't go to church, you know, but he got a tattoo of the cross, you know, on his arm. And so, you know, maybe you never know, God, that cross could turn into, maybe we can get Jesus on that cross. And maybe you just, you don't know. And you're, and you're settling. Now, here's what I think about God. God doesn't, God doesn't mind that we complain to him. Do you know that? It's better than complaining to your girlfriend. It's better than complaining to, to your neighbor. Um, he doesn't mind. He wrote a whole book about complaints. It's called the Book of Lamentations. He doesn't mind it. But I think, God's having, I think God's getting annoyed with Abram because of Abraham's perspective. Abraham is saying, God, look. God, look. And God, look. And then God's like, well, no, you look. You're in a tent, bro. Maybe it's not what I'm looking at that's the problem. Maybe it's what you're looking at. And then he asked Abram a question. He's like, Abram, who built that tent, by the way? And Abram's like, well, I, I built this tent. Exactly. So that ceiling that you keep hitting? Yeah. Yeah, God. That's your ceiling. That's your ceiling. Not mine. Matter of fact, Abram, get out that tent. <laughs> get out that tent. Because that tent is what you built. But look what the next verse says. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. In other words, that's what you built. Look what I built. And then, if you ever wondered if God's got a sense of humor, God's got jokes. Look what God says to Abram. He says, if indeed you can count them. This is the first biblical example, for real, in human history of sarcasm. <laughs> and it came from God. God's sarcastic. If you can count them, you know what he's saying? He's saying this. He's saying, try. Try and point. Try and point to my ceiling. You can't. Because I ain't got one. I ain't got a ceiling. 
And if you're going to limit yourself to what you can see and what you can do and what you can build in your power, then you will always be limited to your ceiling. But I see a church that can see past their ceiling and refuses to settle. I just want you to know that when you get to heaven, your greatest regret will not be your biggest failures, but your smallest prayers. It will be the things you wish you could have done, the things you knew that were inside of you. That's why you're at work right now. And at work, you're like, sing a little louder. <laughs> and, and your boss is like, actually, can you sing a little lower? Uh, this is a library. <laughs> you're not a singer, you're a librarian. Mm, but the truth is, you are a singer. That's what God created you to be, but you just settled. That's why you're one of those people, you, everywhere you see, you see ways to make money. By the way, nobody likes hanging out with you. I just want you to know that. <laughs> but you do it all the time. You just see opportunities. You know, you're like, oh, man, that'd be a good place to open up a shop. And, then, and you go on stage, it's, it's October now, you see a pumpkin. And you're like, pumpkin, you know how much that's in that pumpkin for? $15 for a pumpkin. $15 for a pumpkin. I can go pick a pumpkin for free, make a 330% profit. Everybody's like, can we just walk? <laughs> but you know why you think like that? Because you, you're not supposed to work at McDonald's. Listen, because you're an entrepreneur at heart. I'm not knocking McDonald's. McDonald's is good as long as you can put that in the picture of your purpose. My, my question is, have you settled to solve a problem, i.e. pay the rent, instead of being driven by a purpose? There's something bigger in you, church, and I want us to see past our ceiling. The next verse says this, not just enlarge the place of your tent, Isaiah 54, 2, and stretch your tent curtain wide. Say stretch. I see a church that likes stretching. I think there's something symbolically interesting about stretching. When you wake up, it's the first thing you do. Right before you exercise, you stretch. Before an athlete plays baseball or football or basketball, before they get on the field, the first thing that they do is what? I think it's interesting to note that this tent has all the right material, i.e., it has the potential to become a shelter. It's got the string, and it's got the, the wood, and, and it's got the vinyl, and that's cool. But if it was not willing to be stretched, I hope you know that your potential will only go so far. Unless that potential is put in a position where it is stretched, it will never find its purpose. Your potential will not find its purpose outside of your stretching. You got to stretch. Now, I got to be also honest, I don't like stretching. I'm not a big stretcher. I, I, I go out, to, I go to the gym three to five days a week, and when I go, I don't stretch. I just go right into the exercises, and I have hurt myself. <laughs> Most recently, it was during the shoulder press. You know the shoulder press? I was doing 250. <laughs> I'm saying 250s on both sides is what I was doing. I was doing 250s. On both sides, what do you think? It's 215 on both sides. And, and, and as I was doing it, I didn't stretch. And so I went up, and guess what happened? God, my neck strained. I was like, ah! Put it out. And I've learned now, I just go home when that happens. Give it a week, and then I come back. Here's the crazy thing listen, the weight, the intention of the weight, the purpose of the weight was to strengthen me. But because I didn't stretch, what was meant to strengthen me, strained me. God is going to put a weight on you. The purpose of the weight is to strengthen you. But if you're not willing to be stretched, what God puts on you to strengthen you will strain you. 
because you wanted to live your whole life in comfort. So then when he brings your purpose, your purpose smacks you in the face because you were never willing to be stretched. Now, I had this problem my whole life. Like, I played baseball, Little League. I was a five-star recruit in second grade. I was. They never translated to the higher level, but my mom's got newspaper articles about it, okay? And, uh, and so, and I, I, and I couldn't stretch. And so, and, and I would get hurt. I would always pull either my groin muscles or my hamstring muscles whenever I would play. And so my coach was like, listen, you're doing it wrong. Um, I'm going to tell you the right way to stretch. And so, um, Tommy Royale, will you help me really quickly? Come on up the stage real quick, man. Real quick, real quick. Come on up here. By the way, if you ever want to be in a sermon illustration, sit in the front row. If you never not want to be, in a, don't sit in the front row. Can you, can you come here? Yeah, I want you to sit down like this, man. Yeah. Just do that. Yeah. Go a little wide. A little wider. Come reach me. Come on. Yeah. It's good. Coach was like, you got to get someone to help you stretch because I can only go this far on, on my own. I need his help to go ahead, go ahead. Lightly, <laughs> lightly, lightly. Okay. Mm. Oh my gosh. Hold it. I hate you right now. I don't like you. Brian, you're annoying me. You're hurting me. Brian, you're stressing me out. Is he, though? Is he stressing me? Or is he stretching me? I'm just saying, maybe you could see the people in your life a little differently. Maybe they're not there to stress you. Maybe the people you can't stand are there to stretch you. Yeah. I see a church. Here's how it goes. I see a church that's stretching from me to we. I do, I do, and stretching, stretching and what? Stretching accountability. That's why you gotta get in a small group. Yeah, you won't like it at first because they're gonna be all up in your business. They're gonna be like, so, have sex before marriage? I'm just kidding, nobody's gonna ask that on the first question. <laughs> I'm never going to a small group. I'm just kidding. But once you trust somebody, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna ask them to become your accountability partner. And this is exactly what an accountability partner does. It asks the tough questions. So I know you've been struggling with porn. You told me about that. Have you been, have, have you been watching it lately? And then you pull me. And you're like, why are you going to ask me that question? Why can't we just hang out and be boys? Because you've got enough friends. You don't got partners. You've got enough people that will tell you what you want to hear in life. You need somebody who tells you what you need to hear. I'm looking for people who are going to stretch, not just in accountability. I'm going to stretch you. But stretch in purpose. I'm going to ask you a question right now, and you're going to be mad, especially if you're a first-time guest. First-time guest, you're the only one who are exempt from answering this but this is for everybody else. What, what team here at Journey Church do you serve on? <laughs> I'm just asking. Onyx said God's team. He's so spiritual. <laughs> Talking about the dream team. I mean, because we got kids. We got worship. We got production. I'm tired of seeing just Hispanic people singing songs. You're telling me there's not one white person in this whole church who can sing a song? <laughs> not one black person in this whole church who can sing a, or play the drums? Come on now. Well, pastor, I got things going on. You know, I'm busy. Pastor, why you got to put that on me? Why are you stressing me out? Why can't I just come to church and do my thing? I'm sorry. My job is not to make you comfortable. My job is to... My job is to stretch you. My job is to stretch you so that you can be all that God wants you to be. 
And here's the last thing. I want a church that's willing to stretch and it's compassion for other people. When God told me he wanted me to plant a church three years ago, I told the Lord, okay, but I wanted to be a big church. Now, you whatever, judge me. It wasn't because I wanted to be famous. It's because if I'm going to do something for God, I want it to be all out. I want to do it big. And all the while, while I was praying that, I had no idea because it was so easy when we were just 70 people, guys. I knew everybody's junk. 70 people. I knew you. I knew your family. I knew what you were going through. Now we got so many people. I wanted to grow, but I didn't know the strain that comes from growing. The stretch that comes from loving other people. You know people are messy. I just want you to know, when this church grows, because we're not a big church, but when this church grows, and grows even more than it is now, you know it's going to be uncomfortable, right? Like, you're not going to find a seat. You're going to drive around for 10 minutes looking for parking. It's going to take you 15 minutes to check in your kid. And as long as you live for comfort, this won't be the place for you. But if you like stretching, because, and, and let me tell you something. I almost prayed one day, okay, enough's enough, God. Stop growing the church. Because it's getting real hard. Real hard. But then I remembered, you know what I remembered? Heaven and hell is real. And I said, okay, God, well, if that's what it takes, stretch me. And every time it gets hard, go ahead, you can go. And every time it hurts, and every time I feel it, you know what I remember? That there was somebody who went before me who was stretched so that others could find a home too. Stand out. You missed it. I said there was somebody else who was stretched so that someone else could find a home. Jesus Christ was stretched on the cross so that you and I could find a home, so that that single mom could find peace, so that that person wrestling with that addiction can find freedom. And if he was stretched, then I'll be, gosh darn it, I'll be stretched too. Even if it means stretching to the point of death. Because when you stretch like that, let me tell you something, the world changes. Orlando changes. Sanford changes. Lake Maui changes. Lake Brentley changes. Waterford Lakes changes. Kissimmee changes. Poinciana changes. It all changes when people say, Stretch me, I'm ready to get to work. Put me in the game, coach. Stretch me if that's what it takes. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> this is my last, the last part of the vision. That's what it says, Isaiah 54, 2. Don't hold back. Because back then, here you got to catch this, the tents weren't made of vinyl. Back then, you know what the tents were made of? Goat skin. Which means you couldn't build a shelter without somebody's sacrifice. Somebody had to give up their goat to build that home, which I think is a beautiful thing because that meant at night when you were sleeping, you would look up at the roof of your tent and you know what you would see? Goat skin. It wasn't a trick question. You're like, where's the revelation? Goat skin. (laughs) You would see goat skin. But guess what? No one person had enough goat skin to build a tent that big. So you didn't just see, you probably saw your goat skin up there, but sewed next to your goat skin was probably your brother's goat skin. Sewed next to his goat skin was probably your sister's goat skin. Sewed next to her goat skin was probably your cousins and your aunties and your uncles and your tios. And, 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 and your grandpas go, it was probably, it was probably passed down 
generations to generations. So if you, you could probably find a corner where you could see your grandpa's goat skin. Here's my point, and it's going to offend some people, but you need to hear it. I see a church with skin in the game. I see a church with skin in the game. I'm not just coming to attend. I'm coming to put up my goat skin. It was a sacrifice. It cost me, but I want to build a home. And, and if it goes up, I go up with it. If it goes down, I go down with it. My skin's not coming down. That's my skin. And it'd be so crazy when you went out to, when you went to dinner in a home like this. Because you'd go out to dinner and you'd sit down and you'd get ready to eat. And in a way, it's kind of like you're sitting in someone else's sacrifice. Which is no different than what you're doing today. I showed this picture once before, but I'm going to show it again. Three and a half, almost four years ago, this was the first service ever of Journey Church. It wasn't even really a service. It was just 20 people. Look around you today. There was 20 people three and a half years ago. I want you to know, you are sitting in someone else's sacrifice. You are sitting in someone else's sacrifice. And now forevermore, their jerseys hung in the rafters. Forevermore, their skin is on the roof. I shared a vision that day and 20 people shared their skin. Today, I've shared the vision again. I I'm grateful for it. What, without that, we wouldn't be here today. But that's not gonna get us to the next season that God has for us. So today, I share vision again. And today, I ask, would you share your skin? The hosts are gonna hand out a little information packet looks like this. We also have it on the screen. They're going to come around now and go ahead and begin to deliver that. And it might take a while because we've got a lot of people, but we want to make sure that you get it. When you open this little packet, you're going to see a couple things. First, you're going to see this location survey. This is literally, we want you to tell us where the next Journey Church is going to be. And so, and here's what, I don't want you to check like your favorite city. I want you to check the city where you live. Because once we launch this church, guess what we're going to need? Your skin. We're going to need you serving. We're going to need you loving on people. We're going to need you in the nursery taking care of the babies if that's what you're called to do. We're going to need you up here singing if that's what you're called to do. Please, only if you're called to sing. And here's what, and in a moment after we do the offering, and by the way, you're not giving to this today, so I just need you to relax. Um, we're not the offering. You're just going to sell regular ties and offerings. I want you to put this in the, in the bucket when it gets passed. And so you, there's a pen. I think the pen might even say don't hold back on it. If, if it does, you can keep it. If it doesn't, you can still keep the pen. Um, that's one thing we want to know because we're going to start praying. Secondly, when you open up this little information packet, you're going to see what we call a giving chart on the side. And we've done some math and we've checked out some areas in the city. And we believe that over two years, if we can raise $3.2 million in two years, not, not today, not this year, at the end of two years, if two years combined worth of giving, we can get to $3.2 million. We'll have enough money to accomplish both those things. Here's how, not by one person, but by everybody putting up their skin. There's some numbers on the left. That's how many people we would need to give that much amount. Don't just focus on the top numbers. We have, I know many of the people can't do that, but there are some people who are sitting here today who can do that. If so, God might be speaking to you. I would never pressure you. On the bottom, you see uh, uh, many ways that you can give. And what this number is, again, it's a two-year commitment. So you would take your, your tithe, and if you're not a tither, this is a great time to start tithing, giving the Lord 10% of your income. And then once you added that up over two years, you would add on top of that whatever you feel like I'm putting in your heart. That's the don't hold back offering that we're going to be collecting about six weeks from now. But let me tell you the goal. 
The goal is not $3.2 million. If you can just focus your attention on the bottom here, here's the goal. Are you ready? 100% participation. That's it. Because I believe that if we all put some skin in, if we all, listen, I just, I know God can do something. Let's go back to that last picture. If 20 people, if of, of the group, if 20 people, if you saw the picture, if 20 people can build this, what can this build? I think it can build something special. I think it can build something special. And lastly, in there you see a little bit of a, it's a commitment card. Don't fill this out today. Do not fill this out today. Here's what I want you to do with this. Put it somewhere you'll see it every day. Put it on your dresser, put it on your car window, put it, you know, uh, maybe on your fridge. Just put it somewhere you can see it. And here's all I'm asking, just to pray. Just to pray about how God would have you. So don't fill this out today. This is not to be turned in today. It's too soon. Listen, if you're a first time guest, keep coming. <laughs> don't feel any sorts of pressure. You need to come for at least long enough to know that we're not crazy. You gotta come at least long enough to know that. But in six weeks, you might feel that same urge. And so don't feel this out, but we want you to pray about it. Journey Church, would you stand at your feet today? I'm gonna give you more information every week. More information every week as this goes on. Here's, um, here's three next steps, if you would. Stand at your feet. Here's three next steps. Number one, if I can just get your attention. Number one, I know this is handing stuff out. But number one, I would love for you to pray. I already said it. Pray about that card. Pray about that card. Don't give today, but just pray about it. Number two, I would love for you to attend each week of this series. Here's why. Somebody here has been praying, God, take me to the next level in my faith. I believe with all of my heart, don't hold back is that. It's the next level of your faith journey, and I want to take that step with you. And lastly, I'm actually going to be leading a special small group for this sermon series. Don't hold back small group. It's going to meet on Wednesday nights, 7 o'clock at the Winter Park Community Center. Pastor Jenny will give you more information if you want to join. We might have five people show up. We might have 50 people show up. I don't know, but I'm going to be there ready um, to lead a group. And if you want to be on that journey with me and go on this six-week journey with me, you're invited to it. I want to pray. Here's what I want to pray for. I want to pray for anybody who feels like they're stuck in the tent. I want to pray for anybody who can't see past their ceiling. I want you to know you can't see your problem the way you see your problem. You need to see it the way God sees it. And we're going to go into a moment of worship right now. And we're going to go to a moment of prayer. And this is a moment to come out of the tent. So if that's you, I just want to pray with you. Come on, let's just begin to go into God's presence. Father, we love you. And we're so grateful for who you are. God, we ask right now today that you would help us come out of the tent. We are stuck in our limitation. We are stuck in our ceiling. We can't see what you got planned because we're stuck seeing what we're in. And we can only see what we're in. And so Jesus, would you right now begin to pull us out of this tent. Give us a vision. We don't want to hold back any longer.
so excited about what's happening here at Journey. And I know that we just cannot leave this presence without giving you the opportunity, if you've never accepted Jesus into your life, to do so today. Now, I don't know what you've been going through. Maybe you've been trying to build a life all on your own and you just keep hitting the ceiling. But today I wanna give you the opportunity for somebody who doesn't have a ceiling, for somebody who can take you to a whole new level and experience a whole new life. So if that's you, I wanna invite everybody to close their, head, close their eyes, bow their heads. We're gonna give you that opportunity right now. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna count to three, and if that's you, I want you to raise your hand up just as a sign of faith that today I accept Jesus. So on the count of three, one, two, three. If that's you, don't hold back, raise your hand up right now. I see your hands, I see your hand. I see your hand right down here in the front, amen. Amen, if you raised your hand, let's all pray this prayer together with them. Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner and I'm saved by your grace. I accept you into my life, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give it up for the three people that just accepted Jesus Christ into their lives. That is so awesome. If you're one of those people that accepted Jesus, we don't want you to do this alone. We wanna do this with you. So I want you to take out your connection card, either check the box there, or you can text message journey to 55498, or you can meet us at the blue tent. We have Hector out there. He's got a gift for you. I want you to go out there, meet him in person. We've got something awesome for you. And JJ mentioned it, we've got something so cool. We've never done it before. We've never done a small group to go along with a sermon series. So for Don't Hold Back, we're gonna be doing a small group. It's gonna be Wednesdays at 7 p.m. at Winter Park Community Center. And so the way you sign up for that is you're gonna go online to journeyrl forward slash groups. And when you get there, the one right on the top, it's gonna to say, don't hold back, sign up there. So make sure you do that as soon as possible. We hope you've enjoyed this message and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.